Wait a minute. You like wrestling. Of course I like wrestling. That's why I hate it. Outlaws. Wrestling is better than the things you like. Outlaws. You'll take those rattlesnake fangs and you'll stick them right in my ass. Down, Adam. Settle down. It's episode forty-nine of the Middle-aged Outlaws podcast, and we're going to SummerSlam. Are you ready, Adam? Uh, uh, yeah, yes. yes. Born ready. SummerSlam nineteen ninety sounds miles better than what it was. <laughs> uh, some of it's fun. Some of it is fun. Some of it is fun. Um, yeah, anyway, how are you? You good? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? I'm alright, thanks. I'm excited. Episode 49. I think I said we were doing... I think last episode I said episode 49 as well. I'm obviously desperate to get to 50. Uh, okay. Um, almost there. So, almost there. And I'm excited. I have absolutely zero idea what you're going to pick for next episode because you've not teased me. Yeah, I mean, some of that might be to do with how late in the day I actually left it before, uh, you know, deciding myself what I was going to go okay. with. So, yeah. Last time last time you went late in the day, I think you went SummerSlam 94, and we got Brett and Owen in the cage. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Let's sometimes see. It's, it's that thing of the, in a restaurant, and you just say, ah, I'm just going to go with a, a snap decision when the like, person comes. What I do is I get an idea in my head of something that I want to see again, and then I have to think, what show was that on? And I'll end up Googling it, and then I'll see something else, and I'll think, oh, wait a minute. And then, yeah. 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 You're describing my brain on a <laughs> on a minute-to-minute basis. <laughs> Before we, we jump into SummerSlam 90, do you want to very briefly touch on current events? Can you do. A, you, unbelievably, you watched uh, an existing and a contemporary pay-per-view or a premium live event. As are called so, these days. So I think we should be fully honest <laughs> and say I didn't watch the full event. So I watched some of it. I picked out matches that I wanted to watch. So that's I did a, watch. That's like a baby step. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched um, Brock Lesnar against Bobby Lashley, um, which was quite entertaining. I, I've kind of felt a bit dropped into the story because you know when I've not been following, it's it's clearly these two you know, alpha males that they've they've got up against each other. And I, I quite like that, I think, just now for Lesnar in particular, because I don't really want him anywhere near a world title picture, just yep. occupy him some other way. Like and obviously... like playing that sort of special attraction that he that yeah. be. Yeah, and um, they're obviously, I, I was pleased to see how strong they want to keep Bobby Lashley, because yeah. when I saw that was a match on the card, I was remembering... I think uh, did did Lashley eliminate Lesnar from the Rumble, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, they'll probably just have him destroy him or something like that. But <laughs> uh, I was pleasantly surprised by that because they they made uh, Bobby Lashley look very strong. Yeah, yeah, agree. I think even when he was champion, um, around the, maybe a couple of years ago, a year ago, maybe, um, 
it was that kind of CM Punk champion where he's clearly not the biggest, best guy in the company. Yeah. But he's, so I, I agree. Uh, so yeah, watched that. Uh, I watched the um, men's elimination chamber match, which uh, was very entertaining. Actually, I enjoyed that. I think they they probably spotlighted some uh, performers that I wasn't all that aware of, um, but they, they like entertained who? me. Um, now Montez Ford, who I knew of as, you know, a, a tag team performer, but I can't say that I'd seen many matches involving okay. him, to be honest. Uh, very, you know, athletically impressive and charismatic, I would say. Who's been who's been telling you for years that Montez Ford should be ah, singles champion? Some, Any, some, anyone you know? Some, some guy, some guy. Some guy that, you know, that uh, ended up getting me back watching, you know. <laughs> current events uh, by feeding me information but yeah he was um, he was impressive and he's like they always say you know charisma is one of those things you can't you can't teach you, you just kind of have it some people mm-hmm. have it and it does seem like he he has it um who was the the big fella uh bronson reed um, yeah but... i wasn't aware of him at all right he's, he was quite good though like yeah, uh, he was he was good in that. He played his part well. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was yeah, in NXT, it, and then they, they cut him, and he went to Japan. Uh, okay. and he, it's another one of Triple H's boys he's brought back. Um, I was glad to see a, a a little bit of interaction that I found entertaining between Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano. Um, mm-hmm. Just like between the two of them, I found that quite quite entertaining. Um, and I wasn't sure how they were um, kind of utilizing i know he's been involved in the the group story but damien priest uh who i hadn't uh, that story hasn't really grabbed me and i think we touched on that when we were messaging that i sort of chose not to watch the the edge um finn balor match um because i just don't feel invested in the story and i know he'd been involved in that story as well uh, but Mm. i wasn't sure if he was still or kind of where he was in like the the sort of pecking order with within the the WWE at the moment, um, I think some he people can get a bit lost. Good. In the group. Uh, yeah, yeah, he looked good. Um, so yeah, enjoyed that match. Very just impressive uh, spectacle, um, and it felt like you know, much as they kept the belt on uh, Austin Theory, they they really spotlighted uh, Montez Ford in particular, um, mm-hmm. and I think they can just pick their time to actually go with him in a in a singles capacity his um partner uh, and is it angelo dawkins um he's stripped a bit away and he's looking real jacked and he's been doing a lot of fancy stuff as well both of them look like, like they, could they might be. do that thing where they they have an amicable split and possibly both go their separate ways they might do a, a draft okay. or something like that because yeah. they both look pretty good now Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you can if you need to you can go back for a while you know I mean if you remember like Brett and Anvil went back after Brett had had a little bit of a singles mini push because I don't know if they just decided he wasn't quite ready but it didn't really do him any harm you know mm-hmm. in the long run mm-hmm. um, so yeah it can doing it that way did, can leave things open did you just compare Montez Fort to Brett Hart <laughs> not not in that sense He's quite a different style of performer, I would say. Um, 
but a lot more crotch chops. There were probably an, an unnecessary amount of crotch chops. <laughs> I like I liked his um his people's elbow uh, attempt with the, the wristband and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, enjoyed that match, and uh, I, I watched the uh, Roman Reigns Sami Zayn match as well, which. Uh, I, I like I like stories. I like long running storylines, um, mm-hmm. and I I wouldn't say you know I I became invested to the point of you know following TV weekly or anything like that. But I did a little bit of you know research in terms of where we're at with the story, and uh, it's such a difficult one from where you got to, I think, to get right because Sami Zayn's so over, but I can see the sense in not putting the title on him. Um, because I think we know where they're going with Cody Rhodes, and that does make sense. Um, And I think that that was a real, like, banana skin from a storyline point of view, is how do you sort of satisfy where you go with Sammy while still being able to move Roman on to Cody? Um, But yeah, I thought that they they did it well enough. They kind of got away with it in a sense, um, where I, I think you can kind of predict where he goes next, but I'm hoping he doesn't just, like, you know, disappear way back down the card. I think that would be a real real misstep from the from the creative team. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting. We've said that we'll watch WrestleMania, we've said that we'll we'll do an episode on WrestleMania, so it seems yep. like you're a little bit invested. Yeah. Because I think the last, yeah. the last um, up-to-date WrestleMania we did, we thought was not very much fun. At all, yeah, that's that right. Was, what was that? Roman Edge, Daniel Bryan. I think was, so. Yeah, yeah, that was not good. No. So, ah, good to hear. Good to hear. Um, shall we jump in to get the time machine? It's August nineteen ninety. Back when you could call your best friend Tugster and not make people erupt into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, classic. Hey, some. Oh, we'll get into promos. I was going to say some classic Hogan promos on here, but if you like promos, SummerSlam 1990 <laughs> is the show for you. But before we get into it, let's let's talk August 1990. So I've got some albums for you, Adam. Uh, right. Blaze of Glory by Bon Jovi oh, um, yeah. was released. I think I, I think that I want to say that's their debut album. Perhaps not. I think it is. Um, Bossa Nova by Pixies. Oh yes. Uh, Mama said, "Knock you out" by LL Cool J. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I knew that was an album. I knew it was a single. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely had an album. It was on, and I, I think that the album was called that. But maybe I had like a greatest hits or something like that. Right. Okay. Um. So there we go. Some half decent albums, actually. Well. Yeah. Pixies was there. Um. Some births. Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. Hmm. You look less than impressed with that. No, mm. that, that yep. Add that. Some people I struggle to put an age on. Okay, that's fine. You got her? <laughs> yep. So what does that make her? 30? Yep, 10 years younger than me, so yeah, that'll 30, be 30, 32, 33, yep. Uh, Mario Balotelli was born in oh. August 1990 as well. Wow. Um, film premiere. Why do I keep saying that? Film premiere, we had the Kevin Costner star in Dances with Wolves, which I want to say would be an award winner. Possibly yeah, an Oscar so. winner. Yeah. yeah. Um, here comes your favourite part. The UK charts number one. I have no idea 
how to help you with this. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Uh, it's right. It's not a traditional singer. Go on. Go on. Oh no. I mean, Chesney Hawks is a traditional singer. So um, mm. yeah, I was gonna go with him. I like that. Um, this guy was a children's TV presenter, and he was a character. So it's the character that had the number one, not the person. But it's not like a cartoon or nothing like that. It's a guy, like Mister Motivator or something like that. It's it's not Mister Blobby. No, that was a Christmas number one. Oh Jesus! <laughs> children's TV. Mm. Gordon the Gopher? Wow, amazing. I love it. No, but I, I like it. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm done. I, I'm you, you would wear it. You you might wear it to the beach. In fact, Sapphire might wear it to the beach. I, I and feel, dusty I, and dusty roads. I feel even more confused than I was before. Imagine how emotion he would feel if he was wearing this to the beach. It's quite small, and it's the same colour as what Dusty wears. Come on, I've said too much. I'm going to have to tell you. Yeah, that, sorry. It's an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini. Oh, you did by really try. You really tried to help me out there. Sapphire, she's winning itsy bitsy. Now, imagine you said that in the pay per view. Mm. You said everything else, but <laughs> surprised Ted DiBiase didn't buy her one of them. Hey, what? I don't think that you'll get America. I have nothing I can tell you, but go for it. US chart number one, August 1990, 27th August 1990. Uh, um, uh, the, 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 do the Bartman, the Simpsons. <laughs> imagine that would be the best case ever. Important, nah, it's not right, but it would have been amazing. Also sounds like something that Dusty Rhodes would say. If wishes came true by sweet sensation. Okay. It's not It's not really ringing any bells for me. Nah, I can't even think what that is. I did listen to it when I wrote it down, but unfortunately, uh, I don't remember it. I'm sure I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll look that one up and do the Bartman to it. <laughs> um, UK box office number one, classic. Absolute classic. Terminator 2. Very close. Same oh. main actor. Oh. Oh, no. Well, I'll give that... you a clue. Yeah, you... No, no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was trying to think when was um, Predator, but that's... I don't... That's 80s. Right, I think I'll need a clue. I feel like I definitely know that. Oh, God damn it. Oh, no. Oh, no. We've got, we've got to get to Mars. We've got to get to Mars. Oh, sh- this all sounds really familiar. <laughs> this is very upsetting. There was a, a remake of it made with Colin Farrell and Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Biel. I'm not sure if that'll help me out. Okay. Sorry. Oh, Two words. Uh, t- total yes. Recall. Yes. Total yes. Recall. Of course. Of course. Yeah. What a film that is. Yeah. Have you, you ever yeah. found something red and flashing up your nose? If you'd be 
I've never I've never seen the remake. No, me neither. I refuse to watch something that totally cause amazing. Yeah. And uh, US box office, August 1990. I feel like I'm performing quite badly this week. I want to say that this is some sort of DC superhero related thing that never really went anywhere. Um, and I think Liam Neeson may have been the star and role in it. Whilst you think I'm going to check IMDb and see if that's absolute bullshit. They've never ever re. Uh, yeah, it does have Liam Neeson. Oh. A brilliant scientist left for dead returns to exact revenge on the people who burned him alive. Fucking class does that sound? It does, but I have absolutely no idea what it is. It's a uh, dark man. Okay. Dark man. Like, I could have just started guessing lots of things, then man. <laughs> I, I might have got there. Burned, Dr. Guy. <laughs> 6.4 out of 10 IMDb. Get that on the watch oh, list. Yeah. I've never even heard of it. 17 minutes in, and we've barely spoke about wrestling, but <laughs> let's not let that get in the way. We've got something else to do. And I'm looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to it since we spoke about it. We're back to movies. Oh and we said from now on, whenever we watch a pay-per-view, we're going to try and fan cast it as if it was made into a film. Uh, I don't know how far down the card you've went. I've went down as far as Dusty and Macho. As far, okay. as, far as from the top, from the top. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think, I, so I said to you earlier, this is something in future weeks I would like to put a lot of time into. There were a, a couple of things came up that got in the way a wee bit for me this week, but we can just do. Did you have intentions? Do we do it match by match, or do we do it like as a like at the start? We just go through it and say, "Yeah, let's just let's just at the start go go through." Like I say, okay. I've, uh, well, I tell you who I've who I've got down <clears throat> as far as the wrestlers, and you can tell me if you've got uh, any extra to that, and you can tell me what they are. Does that make go sense? for it? Yep. So I've got Rude, Heenan and Warrior, which is yep. the main event. Uh, Hogan, Bossman, Jimmy Hart, Dino Bravo and Earthquake, which was all the sort of people in the co-main. Yep. Uh, Dustin Macho and Piper and Vince. Okay. You've got way more than me. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, I do promise I'll, I'll invest more in it in future. That's absolutely fine. So what have you got? You tell him enough. Well, the... Um, I, I was after you. I think you said this yesterday, and I started really struggling trying to think of one for Hogan. And I don't yes. know what it seems like it should be easy to come mm -hmm. up with something for Hogan, but I was really struggling with that. Um, and um, I, I started so I started like moving my mind a little bit to Earthquake. Um, and <laughs> like, there's it's one of those where it, everything I was kind of coming up with just seemed a little bit mean. Um, and I, I started being convinced that, do you remember uh, Rip Torn? Yes. That he would have made a good earthquake. Like that. Um, That's brilliant. So that that was the one that sprang to mind for me. Did you come up with anyone for Hogan? Uh, John Cena. Oh, you just you just got to go John Cena? Oh. Aye. Okay. He could, he could play him in a film, couldn't he? That would work. We've seen... It can be 
you know, in his films, he does pretty good character type stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really struggled, but I thought he might be one that could. Um, and in terms of the, the rest of that match... Could, um, could I tell you my earthquake? Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Goodman. Nice. I like it. I like it. That that works. Yeah. I like your style. I like Rip Torn too, though. That's great. Yeah, go um, on. Yeah, I, I, was, I was struggling a bit with the rest. I, I was convinced there must be, like, Dino Bravo must look like somebody. Like, he, he's got this slightly, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but, you know, we'll end up doing that quite a lot through these segments. <laughs> <laughs> and this card. He's, he's got, like, this slightly, you know, buffoonish quality mm-hmm. about him, yeah. which is, I'm sure, the character, and he's playing it very well. And I ended up trying to, you know, think of people who were sort of fitting that that slapsticky type thing. And I was just struggling. I, I ended up coming up with something. I th- <laughs> Jimmy Hart, it, it just became really, um, like, <laughs> I imagine, you know, anyone who listens to this might not have the slightest clue who I'm talking about. But do you remember the film Basketball? Yes. Do you remember the character Squeak? He was like this really annoying sidekick that was hyper and jumping about and thrusting his hips everywhere for some reason. I just decided that would be Jimmy Hart. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard your sister's going up with Jimmy Hart. Amazing. I've got a, that's class. I've got Ben Stiller for Jimmy Hart. Nice. I like Squeak Scolari, though. Did, uh, did, did you, you get come it? up with a Dino Bravo? I didn't. I couldn't. No. I just couldn't think of who it, who it was. I think I've been swayed by these, um, oh, what are they called? I can't remember what they're called, these films. I've got Daniel Craig for okay. um, Dino Bravo. Because he's got okay. the blonde, he's got the blonde hair and he's ah, got this film, glass, that Glass yeah, Onion. Yeah, Glass Onion. Yeah, yeah, no, that, I can see it from that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you didn't have a Dusty or a Macho then? No, didn't have a dusty or macho. Um, I'll just I'll quickly tell you I had Jonah Hill to play Dusty. dusty. He's got to get back back on the beef. Get the blonde hair. Yeah. He, he plays that sort of over the top character Wolf of Wall Street. I think he's got that in him. Yeah, he he could definitely play that. I can see that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know Joe who Joe Mangianello is. I do, yeah. I forgot yeah. him for Savage. More for the look than the Yeah. Than the charisma. Uh, boss man, do you have anybody? Nah, I've got um David Harbour that um plays oh. Hop- Hopper in Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just the 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 um the law enforcement aspect that, and you didn't have a Hogan. Did you Piper or or Vince? Uh, no, um, no, unfortunately not. The only one other ones I've got are to do with Warrior Rude. Okay. Um, Piper, I've got Gerard Butler. Yeah, that works. I think they actually look quite similar. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's also got that, Butler's got that kind of annoying American accent thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and before he became a fucked up cannibal, uh, I've got Army Hammer for playing Vince. Okay. Tough to age him a little bit. Yeah. Tell him to stop sending those outrageous text messages yeah. I, I, I'm not sure he's going to get many jobs but yeah it would it would work I think actually maybe his character fits in quite well with <laughs> Vince 
yeah. <laughs> I never thought of that, but yeah. Uh, who have you got for a warrior? Uh, this, I, I went a couple of different directions on this because <laughs> I, I originally thought like what was in my mind was almost like a uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean style Johnny Depp type character. Um, but then I, I started, th- I, I, I might get cancelled if I say this. Um, I started thinking of like... Kevin Spacey? No. <laughs> no, it was more like screeching loud wild haired women that started springing to my mind um nobody in particular Winona Ryder crossed my mind when she was a wee bit you know a wee bit more crazy back in the day but yeah um it it was and then there was definitely a point when I started thinking maybe Brad Pitt but you know it'd have to be one of his slightly wild-eyed crazy characters to to make that work like a 12 monkeys yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. A little bit twitchy. Aye. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. You could you could have Winona Ryder as a sensational sherry. Yeah, that'd part. that'd work. Yeah. Did you have a Heenan? Didn't have a Heenan. Rude. Oh. Rude. Um so I I can't I mentioned this to you previously. My mind immediately went to like the um the sort of seventies, eighties uh moustached sex symbol men. And the, the two that went into my mind were Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck. And I was thinking, it's in, in my mind, it was one of them. That's amazing. I imagine, uh, brilliant. I love, I love Tom Selleck. Imagine Rick Rude playing. What if Rick Rude is Richard on Friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, for a warrior, I went with, <laughs> with an actor that <laughs> for a warrior, I went with an actor that sort of disappears into his roles. Um, I went with Christian Bale. Okay. Yep. I can see that. that. Uh, I've got Philip Seymour Hoffman playing Heenan. Oh, that's really good. And uh, Henry Cavill as Rick Rude with his with his tash that he had in the old Mission Impossible. Yeah, I like that as well. Yeah, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of knocks that out of the park. I thought Giamatti, mm-hmm. and then I thought, no, we need to keep Giamatti because he's Heyman. Yeah, yeah, true, and we'll get there at some point. Yeah. So there we go. That was fun. Like yeah, that. I think that will be fun moving forward. I will. I think when the idea came up, um, I'd already watched everything, and I was like, mm, and trying to think back, and then probably didn't dedicate enough time to it. But I'm confident I will moving forward. Awesome, excellent. Right, let's get into this pay per view. Remember the pay per views when Vince just used to growl and shout at the start of them? Yeah. Well, this is one of them. That was, yeah. That's that's missed. Although, how much? You know, we talk about these video packages all the time, and they're awesome. But mm-hmm. just Vince going, we'll have the earthquake! It's pretty class as well. Yeah. So you see, I, I've got it in my mind from the old WrestleManias, like, five and six and stuff like that. He was, like, talking about the mega powers exploding and uh, the unstoppable force and, the you know, uh, for Warrior Hogan. Uh, yeah, it does. It, I don't know. It takes you back and makes it sound like a big deal. Yeah, uh, definitely. So we've got a bit of that. And then we've got Vincent Piper welcoming us to... I wonder, is this, this is the third... 
third SummerSlam, is it? 889, third SummerSlam. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the first time the WWF heavyweight title has ever been defended on a SummerSlam. Yeah, Other two sure. main events were tag team matches. Yeah. Um, Piper is here on commentary because Ventura quit like weeks before over some sort of contractual dispute about a video game in Japan. Okay. Um, Piper, you and I both grumbled at the idea of him commentating, but he, he wasn't bad. Yeah. More heel turns in the big show. Yeah. <laughs> throughout it, but yeah. he was all right. Um, so we start off with our first match. We've got the Rockers taking on the tag team of the Power and Glory, which is Hercules and Paul Roma. Um, big storyline here is that Hercules pretty much grabs Shawn Michaels um, before the match starts and lays into him with his chain, takes him out for the whole match. Uh, Michael's working with a bum knee apparently going to surgery and this was their way of getting around it. Uh, what do you think of this opener? Uh, you know, I, I I had thought and I ended up looking it up did did they need to do this, you know, from a, a Shawn Michaels point of view because you end up getting a, a handicap match um, mm-hmm. and you get a few sort of flurries and comebacks and stuff by um, Marty Jannetty and Michael's sort of playing that he, he keeps trying to get back on the apron, but I think it's even said by the commenters, what's he going to be capable of doing if if he actually gets brought into the ring? Uh, the other two both quite powerful and dominating the match. Oh man, you totally missed that there. You could say powerful and gl- gl- glorious. Oh, there, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they, they are. I mean, they didn't they didn't really grab me from a charisma point of view um although i think paul roma was trying um he had cool shades on yeah yeah sometimes you would have thought that would be enough but there's already another guy with shades it's mm. yeah um yeah i i kind of thought well you know it was fine for what it was and i get that if they uh if they had to do it that's the way they had to go but piper's just like at a point screaming get up at michael's when he's <laughs> on the outside <laughs> <laughs> Piper's one of the guys that you never know if he's in character or if it's genuinely yeah. just him. He's crazy. That's amazing. Um, there's, there's a, there was a move I wrote down about. Uh, oh, I think it's actually the, the finish. Uh, Hercules suplex off the ropes. Roma coming off the, the top oh, rope with a splash. How good is that? I thought it looked really nice. Just really smooth. Really nicely he just, done. He, he takes off whatever one's doing the splash takes off as the other one's halfway uh-huh. through the superplex. Super cool. Yeah, love I that. Like that. Um, and uh, yeah, that, I thought that the the foot on the chest pin is that a bit much, maybe? But um, after Janetti's just fought valiantly on a two on one, but um, yeah, it's 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 telling a story. Obviously, real life situation where they're going to be removing Michaels for a little while while he has surgery and recovery. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it. Kind of just was what it was, really. It says a lot about um, Shane Douglas that they decided to just have Michaels lie at the side of the ring when they did replace Michaels with Shane Douglas for the match. But um, yeah, maybe, w- maybe they'd seen the the, um, the Great American Bash when he's the, in the Dynamic Dudes and thought, mm. "No, nah, we don't want that guy." He was in the dark match, wasn't he, Shane Douglas? Shane oh, Douglas. was he? 
Yeah, um, against Buddy Rose, which is a name I know, but I don't know who it is. Um, oh, that's um, Mandy's dad. He's got an OnlyFans yeah. as well. Looking at Apparently. the picture, I'm not sure that <laughs> it will do quite as well. Um, and yeah, he's been dead a while as well. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Just lies there then. <laughs> wow. Oh, dear. Yeah, a decent, well, I mean, a half decent. Um, Jeanette is really impressive in this match. Yeah, he is. He's, and he's doing the, you know, never give up, keep going. Uh, and he has, a, he has a few comebacks. Um, yeah, uh, it's really hard to evaluate when it just becomes a two-on-one, but it was fine. I, I didn't hate it. thought it was fine. He's, you know, when you look back, um, when you reflect on what is, you know, like most people now are described as the Michaels or the Gennetti. Mm-hmm. How harsh is that on, on Matty Gennetti? When you, you see him in the ring like this. Yeah, it's it's really harsh. I mean, I assume if he hadn't had a lot of, you know, drug issues and personal issues and things like that. Facebook he posts. Would, yeah. He would have had a pretty good career. You know, he, he, he may never have been what Michaels was, but very, very few ever are in terms mm. of success. Um, he was a good performer. Um, I always, I, I loved the team as a kid. Like if if yeah. they were on whatever VHS tape I was watching, I, I found that exciting. I liked that. Um, so yeah, it, it it does always seem harsh. It, it shouldn't. It feels like you shouldn't need to belittle one to praise the other. But that's kind of the way it seems to go. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Okay, this is our first of uh, many trips backstage in this pay-per-view. We're with Sean Mooney. He is with Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan. Uh, the number of times that Mr. Perfect can fit the word perfect in a sentence is incredibly impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Good promo. Uh, him and, I don't know, the, I don't know if you noticed this, but obviously there's a lot of promos throughout this pay-per-view. A lot of them seemed teleprompted or something. Mm-hmm. It did feel like that, yeah. Like there were there were definitely things that they were having to get in, and it seemed like they were maybe people there making sure that they were getting in the things that uh, that needed to be said. Um, yeah, I, I I always I've always really liked Mister Perfect. I didn't like his promo was fine. He comes across as a bit of a cocky prick, and that's the whole point of things. Um, yep. And. Uh, I think they they sort of part tell the story that this is a very it was supposed to be somebody else I think that he was being challenged by Brutus. Ah, okay. okay. Do you know what happened to? Him? No. Um, beefcake. <laughs> Beef. This is not funny because it's quite it's quite serious. Uh, beefcake was sunbathing on the beach, and uh, someone. I think paragliding um, went directly in his face. He had to get facial facial. Is that when that happened? Just yeah. before that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think that's why we wore that daft mask so much. Yeah, I mean, I remember his his comeback after the surgery. He was off for ages. He was off TV uh, pay per views for ages. Um, but yeah, I, I I didn't know that was then. Wow. Um, so that and then they had they had uh, Kerry Von Eric debut a couple of th- two two weeks before or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of uh, Kerry Von Eric's promo before? Um, n- n- nah, 
nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't for me. Um, yeah, I mean, so the, the, in in the Mister Perfect promo, he's kind of talked about how he can handle a tornado, you know. And I think Bobby Heenan references the fact that they're, you know, they're much. They look much scarier than they are, and things like that. And then he's trying to, I don't know, defend himself as a tornado in terms of the impact he is going to have. Um, I, I talk about like he looks like he looks amazing, and you know he's he's effective in the ring and all that, especially given I think certain circumstances physically that he had. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But he, he's he's not a good promo. It didn't do anything for me at all. The the funny thing is, like he comes across pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like you say, he looks amazing. He's smiling. He's quite like calm. Um, the way he's delivering whatever it is that he's talking about, but he's talking like he is an actual tornado. <laughs> and at the end, he says something about when when I go away back up into the clouds with the inner Canadian championship belt. It's like, but you're not an actual <laughs> tornado. I think he was maybe. Watching Ultimate Warrior promos or something like that get a wee bit carried away. I mean, what if you know that the rumor, Adam, you know that people think that that there used to be one Ultimate Warrior, another Ultimate Warrior was Kerry Von Erich. Uh, yeah, you've just added an extra, yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're quite physically similar. Um, a warrior's got two feet though. I, I assume back in the pre injury days that, uh. Kerry Von Erich was a far better in-ring performer than Warriors ever been. Uh, I, I, would assume. Assume. I would assume. I wonder, I've never ever found, I, I guess I know the answer is that they wanted um, to be able to be um, trademarked as a, the Texas Tornado and all that, but why would they not just call him Kerry Von Erich? Vince even yeah. refers to him as Kerry Von Erich, uh-huh. the Texas um, Tornado. Yeah, that, that that can be the only reason. Um, it's, it's weird, because uh, yeah, maybe in only certain parts of America, but he, he was so known, like famous, properly famous, and you're kind of just removing that from. It's it's weird. I don't I don't get it. I get them wanting to own names so that they can. I mean, I imagine it even probably played into if you bought like an action figure, it probably only said Texas Tornado. Texas it probably Tornado. didn't say Kerry Von Erich, and that probably impacts how much money goes to who and things like that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just think if they ever wanted to bring any other of the Von Erics in, mm. are they going to bring them in as other areas of? I don't know, <laughs> other areas and other natural. They could have massive natural disasters faction. Oh, the earthquake, the there. tugster, to the tornado, the David lightning strike. Again, anyway, let's get to this match. Uh, this was a short match. I was quickly looking forward to this, and I, I definitely remember watching this match as a kid. Definitely yep. had this on video, um, but it's quite a short match and not perfect's best match. No, um, I hadn't looked at the times or anything like that, and I kind of remembered this, but not move for move or duration or anything like that. But I got quite enthusiastic at the start because <laughs> perfect's like out wrestling him. And being a real cocky prick, he's like got the smile and all that. He's he's obviously like tornado's gone in a hundred miles an hour because you know he is an actual tornado, nice. um, and perfect's just like just and it's only for about a minute. 
he's just schooling him. And I thought, I hope this goes on a while because I was really enjoying that bit. It didn't. No. But you start getting the power stuff and you think Perfect's probably had the um, the chat to get him over mm-hmm. and sell, yeah. sell, like, sell perfectly, um, which he does. I remember the, the finish. I don't remember him doing the claw and the crowd go pretty mad for the claw. They did. And which is I, cool. I, th- I think that was his uh, his his move in. Uh, oh God, I can't remember what uh, world class. World class, yeah. Uh, I think that was his move. There was the claw. Uh, they've obviously added like a spinning punch. Maybe he did that there as well um, to it. But yeah, I, I remembered the punch, but I hadn't remembered the claw. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, and that's what it takes. I've got. I've referred to it as a discus punch. I think they maybe referred to it as some sort of weather-related punch, yep. of course. Uh, new champion. Uh, no much. Five minutes. Yeah. No, not much to discuss, really. No, um, I don't. I don't know if obviously he found out later on that Kerry Von Eric had one foot, uh, so he was basically missing a foot. Um, and it sounded like loads of the other performers didn't know. But I wondered, like, did that? Did the office know? Was this playing any part in booking? Were they deliberately keeping keeping things quite sure. short? Mm. That's crazy. I think. Uh, uh, what did what did did they have a prosthetic? Have some description. Uh, yeah, take it. I, I don't know. I remember hearing it was a podcast I was listening to, and somebody referencing the fact that there was a a situation where something and it may well have been a prosthetic. That's what makes sense. Came came loose or came off, and he basically. Oh, went under the ring to reattach or, or whatever he needed to do and then came back out with it on it. And that was apparently when everyone else realised oh, he's... Oh my god. Yeah. That's apparently mad. never, like, showered with the guys or anything like that because he obviously didn't want people knowing, didn't want them to see it. Make a hell of a... a tornado in the showers would make a hell of a mess. <laughs> Body parts flying everywhere. Wow. Um, we go backstage in perfect and Heen- Heenan are seeding with Mean Gene. <sighs> Um, that's that's about it. Go to our next match, which is sensational. Was she Queen Sherry? Or was she just sensational Sherry? She's Queen Sherry here. Um, she is dressed as some sort of cat, I think. Is she? Yeah. Uh, and she is due to take on a Sweet Sapphire, but she's there's been no sign of Sapphire. Um, they pro do they go back with? With Dusty, or is that afterwards? Maybe that's after. So here they they do. Sherry gets brought out, um, and Dusty's music, which Sapphire would be coming out to starts up. Um, that Piper suggests somebody go and give Sapphire a pat on the bum to get her out here. Uh, <laughs> the the music restarts. I, I, I I'd remembered what was happening here when it started, and when the music restarts, Piper's like, oh. Okay, here we go, here we go. Why is he that just because the music has started again? He's now super confident she's coming out. <laughs> Class. <laughs> Finko ends up saying, look, you've got 30 seconds to get out of here. Does, does maybe management come and tell him to say this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Then he's, he does the 30 second uh, countdown. Sherry takes over with her beautiful vocals. Um, no sign. And sensational Queen Sherry wins the match. Yep. Um, and this is all playing into quite a riveting storyline that's going on through the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, so 
we go backstage with Mean Gene. He's with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, who is, of course, Sapphire's friend. Yeah, I don't know if they ever, you know, confirm what that dynamic is supposed to be, but there's a bit in this segment that really made me laugh. Yes, and I don't Oh, I ain't seen her. Not me. Okay. Hacksaw is being so weird. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. uh-huh. he, he says, we're all still looking for her. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, if that was supposed to be sarcastic, it comes across brilliantly. <laughs> if it's talking basically, you know, I've got a match coming up, but yeah, sure thing, Dusty. I'll, I'll spend all my prep time I'll looking for me. <laughs> Amazing. Class. Dusty's been looking for her in every nook and cranny. And that's when Duggan comes in. Have you seen her, Jim? Still not seen her. Amazing. Where was Nikolai Volkov here? That's the question. He he actually maybe was prepping for the match. Who knows? Maybe. maybe, I think he was just practicing his smile. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we go back to the ring. And... We'll we'll all be devastated that we did, um, because it's the warlord taking on Tito Santana. Um, this was due to be Martel versus Tito Santana. I want to say that they were a tag team, and okay. the tag team had split. Yeah, that's right. But Martel was injured. That's um, a damn shame. They, uh, they said that he had a, a lucrative modelling contract in France, which I quite liked. Um, yeah, this. What, do you think the warlord like? Obviously, he's balding at a goatee, but he really does look like Austin. Right. I've got it in my notes. What I've got is that if you took Austin and then you put an air pump in him yes. and then just pumped him up and pumped him up, that that's what you would get. You would get the Warlord. Totally. Oh, my phone is ringing. Can I come back in a second? Of course. Well, I just Apologies. talked through this, this yeah. awful match. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So let me see how long they went for. Warlord versus Tito Santana. Five minutes as well. Terrible, terrible match. Warlord pummeling for Tito Santana um, for probably about three or four minutes of this match. Santana comes off the ropes with his patented flying forearm and um, knocks the Warlord down. But just as you think Santana's going to get the three count, the Warlord gets his leg on the ropes. Out of nowhere, the Warlord then hits a running power slam in the fashion of the British Bulldog, and that's it. He gets the win. It's all very uneventful and awful and uh, a bit of a waste of a match. Um, So far, we've had one, two, three matches, and they've all been relatively poor, and all been around about that five-minute mark. Um, So... That was Warlord versus Tito Santana. Next match on this card is probably the reason why I picked this card. It's going to be a two out of three falls match between Demolition and the Heart Foundation. Um, But of course, before we get to this match, we've got multiple promos to get through backstage. So we've got Sean Mooney with the Demolition. Uh, axe, smash, and crush, and uh, 
they are I am definitely marking time until Adam comes back let's do a bit of this see if we can get him back no, didn't work let's try again didn't work either so we've got this this the rules behind this demolition the heart foundation match is really that the because there's a three demolition one of them needs to stay away from the match altogether and i think vincent uh, piper talk about one of them requiring to be out of the out of the arena out of the, the whole the whole uh, arena but that's not the way it works obviously um, we have got a quality promo from the demolition, especially the one that sticks his tongue out and looks like a member of Kiss. Uh, and Big Crush, the Hawaiian, shouldn't be allowed to speak. Um, and then we get, that's when we get them coming out. It's cool to see demolition with the tag team titles. I think as I, oh, here comes Adam. He's going to be desperate. Yes, yes, here we go, here we go. Yes, he's back. I'm I am back. completely waffling. I um, I talked through Warlord and Tito Santana. Stinker, absolute stinker. I'm just talking about demolition and how cool it is to see them with the titles. Oh, yeah. Uh, and how they, they cut this cool promo. I was saying the one that sticks his tongue out quite a lot. Um, looking cool. Big crush, probably shouldn't be allowed to speak. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... There was there was something in the promos that annoyed me, but this is just me. This is me, right? Because we've got a, a demolition promo, and it's all three members, and that's that's cool. And I like I actually liked demolition as all three. They're they're sort of talking up, you know, confusion about or potentially creating confusion about who's going to compete in the match. Could it be? And Axe? the story Could that actually, be... yeah. yeah, and the story seems to carry on through the match about confusion. These guys all look totally different. Crush is about a foot taller than the other two. One of the guys is like bald and the other one's got long hair. <laughs> I I can tell them apart very easily. Uh, but I suppose... Sorry, go, sorry, I go. I suppose you, you can say it's a disadvantage to a team challenging them not knowing which two they're going to be facing. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. I, I get that. But we move on to our promo with the Heart Foundation. Settle down, Anvil. Settle down. Now, we've talked a few times about the fact that we think Brett's actually a pretty strong promo, pretty good. Mm -hmm. But if he's going to stand there quoting mm -hmm. Phil Collins in his <laughs> promos, he and I are done. These are two hearts beating as one. Yes. Okay. I can't. Yeah. Yeah, there's no getting around that with you. Adam <laughs> is not a fan of Phil Collins. Much like Sean Connery, he's got a list. Yeah, there's, there's a list. I don't get quite as worked up about my list these days. You know, it's it's just a thing that if I passed them, I, I wouldn't be like, hi, I'd just, just let them pass. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm calmer about it these days. He's been through quite a lot of therapy to get to get rid of his rage. <laughs> towards <laughs> Phil Collins and as you can see he's done a really good job you've done a really good job Adam thanks, thanks. Um, I thought that uh, Nightheart is completely unhinged here it's amazing 
I love him like that. You don't want to see a Cam Neidhart because it's mm. it's it's a good contrast between the two because Brett always comes across as cool and calm and all that, and Neidhart's just freaking out next to him. Do you not think like if if you're getting ready to challenge for the tag team titles against guys called Demolition? You don't want your crazy tag partner to settle down. You want them to continue this Absolutely. amped up. Anyway, um, I was just I was saying this is probably why I picked this pay per view this match. Okay. Yeah, uh, I have really good memories of it, um, and I wanted some Brett. I, I loved Demolition as a kid. I certainly did. Um, yeah. Do you like? I think they talk about this in terms of what people grew up watching. Do you prefer Demolition or Legion of Doom? Demolition. Me too. And is that because we're WWF watchers, do you Probably. think? Probably, yeah. 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 This was Legion of Doom's WWF debut. This pay-per-view. Yeah. 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 They, I they, mean, people, people older than us probably refer to them as the Road Warriors, I would guess. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, d- I didn't mind seeing them for, like, the there was something a bit of a spectacle about seeing them, but I would rather watch a match that had demolition in it than a match that oh, had. Me too. Uh, yeah. I love yeah. the three, the free bird aspect to it. And you, yeah. You, like I know they're playing that up here, and I know you're you're saying they all look different, but I do like the the idea that three different people can defend the tag titles as a as a tag team, mm-hmm. and you don't know who you're getting. Yeah. Um, don't know. I don't know if they ever did that with the New Day, but like it, it really surprises me that they. They've not done that with more teams. Yeah, I think they did it with the New Day. I think it would, uh, it would, when it when they were all fixed. I think one of them spent a long time injured, um, so it was um, I forget the names. Oh, Xavier Woods. Yeah, so I think I think it was it was clear who the two were for quite a long time, but he would accompany right. them and all that. But um, when it, when all three were were healthy, I think they used to play into that that it'd be you know kind of a snap decision in the moment which two of them it was going to be that were in the match. Yeah. I like that. Um, Demolition got awesome music as well. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Let's let's talk through the match because it's, it's it's class. How, like, Brett's a proper workhorse in this match. Yeah, he is. What um, else would you expect? But... I, I think this, um, I, I was I was a little bit worried because I remembered loving this and I thought is is kid me loving this for reasons that adult me is gonna <laughs> shit all over for you know, but I actually really enjoyed this. Um, me too. Yeah, this was cool. Yeah, um, Crush. I've always thought this. See when you see him perform, he's like big, he's strong, he's physically very impressive looking, but they play him or he maybe naturally I don't know played it as dumb. Like every sort of incarnation of his characters I remember thinking that guy's kind of dumb um, and it sort of came across a few times in this match as well mm. I, I tell you what Crush must have the best t- tilt-a-whirl backbreaker in the business mm. <laughs> mm. indeed yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know if you do, do, this is probably about the first match that we could potentially talk through but I don't know if you really want to um, uh, something Go on, sorry. I'm just looking to see because I have got notes, maybe not a huge number of them. I've kind of got it's maybe more notes 
at times about the the story and some of the shenanigans than like move by move. Mm-hmm. Anvil was taken during that first fall. Anvil was taken out and um, uh, outside for for quite a large portion of the match. Mm-hmm. Basically, let Brett get beat down, and um, and the demolition. This is what I was going to say. Demolition's finisher. Yeah. If if a team did this now, they, you'd be like, oh, that was cool. Like, is that really what you're doing? Yeah. But they made it look so cool. The guy's holding him in the backbreaker position, and he comes off the, the second rope with the, the elbow. It's cool. Mm. It looks amazing. And see the way... I, I can't remember how others sold it, but Brett kind of spins when it hits him. It just made it look really impactful, the the, nice. the way it, it caught him. Um, but yeah, I imagine... Yeah, you're, you're right. It it seemed like a good fin- team finishing move then. It would seem like a, I don't know, very brief moment in the match now. Yeah. yeah. And so so that's 1-0 down to the champs. Brett um, has, like we say, been beaten down and, and they go straight after him again. Uh, the start of the second fall. Um, but he ends up fighting back and we get Nightheart. goes absolutely crazy. He's He's a good hot tag guy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, unbelievable power slam on one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know which one it is. Um, he he gets so is is it the power slam? And that's when he gets like it looks like he's getting a three, but crush instead of <laughs> breaking up the pin, dives over them and elbows the ref. So I think there's one more move. I think Brett <laughs> propels Anvil into the corner and he spears Smash. And then I think they do their their heart foundation finisher where he uh, he holds him up. He comes off the ropes with a clothesline. Um, yeah, I think they do that, and that's yeah, crash, dumb old crash. Uh, break <laughs> up, leaps, leaps into the ref. Um, that's a choice. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's one all. Um, it is at this point that we see Axe uh, running down from backstage, getting a bit of boo, uh, and he. He uh, hides under the apron, and this is where the shenanigans. I remember shenanigans going on in my mind's eye. Shenanigans were going on all through the match. Yeah, I think I was um, thinking the same. Yeah, but but they don't. But it's effective enough, I think. Yep. Yeah. Ap- apart from the fact that that you've raised that they they look fuck all like each other, and two of them have got barely any makeup on, and he's got this beautiful. Full, full face of makeup. Yeah, I, w- I was wondering even at a moment whether their outfits were slightly different, but I think it, when I looked again, I thought, no, they are the same. It's just the physical differences make them look a little bit different. But um, I've been a wee bit like, there's, you mentioned early on, Brett is just, there's there's points where he's he's taking a bit of a, a beating um, as the match is going. And uh, I've got written in my notes, Brett gets in some offence as a bit of a comeback. He's a tenacious lad who might make it in this business. Nice. <laughs> at this point, will he have taken on Piper? or No, it was, it, this is post-WrestleMania no. 6, isn't it? Yeah, WrestleMania uh, uh, 8. 8, I think that would be. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so, at, at some point, someone uh, gets taken out of the ring, member of Demolition, Goes under the under the ring and, and Axe comes out and he is you know how how's the ref not noticed that this guy's suddenly completely full of beans and like wrecking house 
Uh, absolutely <laughs> destroys Brett. And then for some reason goes back under the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was questioning that as well. He seemed like he had quite a lot of good momentum going, but that was him. He says, come in, he's done his bit. He's, he's done. <laughs> he's maxed out his, his energy bar. He needs to go back under the ring. Um, <laughs> suddenly the crowd start popping and Legion of Doom are coming down the aisle, uh, quite dangerously taking their spiky football pads off as the crowd are grabbing them. Yeah. Uh, questionable behaviour, I'm sure. What's the, um, what's the name of the, the WWF lawyer that seems to be Immortal. Ah, oh. not Hulk Hogan. I don't, I, know, I know exactly who you mean. <laughs> It'll come back to me at some point. It amazed me that he was the one that was issuing a statement like this year or last year when all this stuff with Vince happened. It's like yeah, he's that guy still was about going. seventy when the steroid trial was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, I here come LOD. They they pull. I think they pull Axe out from under the ring and mm-hmm. and beat him up. And um, amongst all the commotion. Brett is on all fours uh, behind one of the members of Demolition. Nightheart comes over the ropes with a tackle and they get the roll up and they get the pin. 2-1, new champs. Yep, I did enjoy it. Like um, Maybe not quite as much as when I was a kid, but I could still find myself getting a bit lost in it. It's just, mm-hmm. just good fun and, you know... You've got some good performers in there. Like we've, we've clearly both enjoyed Demolition as a team. Nightheart's class. He's just a raven lunatic. And <laughs> Bret Hart, just a, you know, brilliant at selling. Did a lot of that in this match. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some good technical stuff as well. Um, I assume they were at some point wanting to go to like a series between Demolition and, and LOD. It feels like that's that's where they want to go. And there's always been the comparisons between the teams. But I really don't have memories of them facing off against each other nah. at all. No, nah, I mean, either. I wondered if they did that Survivor Series. Mm. Um, I never actually looked, but I, apparently that was the thing they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think they even, is it Crush? Oh, no, it's, it's afterwards. That comes later. Okay. Not to worry. Okay. Um, so we, after all that commotion, we go backstage uh, with Mean Gene, um, with the LOD there shouting very loudly. Uh, and then there's either shouting about demolition really loudly, and then in come Brett and Nightheart celebrating. Uh, it's sort of a funny dynamic between there being these two top tag teams. The elephant in the room is, of course, that they should probably be facing each other. But yeah. Yeah, they hate uh, the demolition. Ah, uh-huh. they they sort of they, they they do reference the hearts that you know they're they're willing to take on all comers. I love Anvil's slightly maniacal laughing and what is it? The pink and black attack is back. I, I love that. Yes. That's classic Anvil. Um, but yeah, it does seem for now it's like uh, we've got a common enemy, so that's that's fine. We can share a moment and a locker room, and all will be good. I wonder if the power and the glory get a shot against. They deserve it after the one-sided beatdown of the Rockers. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so then we go. Shockingly, we're still backstage. Sean Mooney. He's. I mean, these are three angry bastards, and you are just Sean Mooney. Stop trying to open the door to the demolitions locker room. <laughs> what is? Why is he doing that? He's a madman. Um, yeah, he keeps like putting his shoulder in, it just keeps yeah, slamming, smash back in his face. We're backstage again. Mean Gene, 
she, she he is with Sensational Queen Sherry. Uh, this is my favourite line on the pay-per-view. Uh, mean Jean says to her that there have been a lot of early sightings of Sapphire um, in Philadelphia, and she says, early sightings? What, is she a UFO? Oh my God, I'd kill myself <laughs> laughing at that. Like, she does this sort of maniacal laugh. The, 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 the shrieking laugh is really quite something. She gets on to talking about um, like saying, you know, she's heard rumours but she couldn't believe them and but maybe Sapphire isn't so dumb after all uh, mm. and stuff like that. She's she's quite a character, Sherry. Uh, she she has another one that, that got me a wee bit as well when Mean Jean says, what's so funny about a missing person? And Sherry says, I said she was missing but I didn't say anything about her being a person. <laughs> Amazing. She's class. <sighs> I, yeah. I like yeah. Aye, she's great. Paired well with Savage, I think. Yeah. Um, definitely. This, this must have been one of these parts in the in the pay-per-view where they started bouncing with the promos. Um, <sighs> these these seem to be it's, back to you, Sean. And here's my you, colleague, Main Gene Okerland. You'd watched it before me and you sent me something about like back to you, Sean, back to you, Mean Gene and stuff like that. And I was like, oh no, what is this? What's going on? And I was watching it and I was thinking, what is this? It's like a moment somewhere near the middle of the show where there's just so many promos and backstage interviews and it's just one after another and I, I kind of felt exhausted at the <laughs> end of it. it it was like interview fatigue or something like that it was it was weird and I don't remember the mean Gene at a point between interviews gives a build up for the second half of the show basically referencing everything that's coming and I thought, right, we we must be moving We're on now. To. But we go straight into another series of interviews. Oh, it, it was hard work, actually, this whole segment. And the, Absolutely. And the two things that I thought, I think you said to me, so did they do it at a point where they're building the cage? Which is yeah. not the case. And, you yeah. know, we got a riveting uh, segment with Alfred Hayes when they're building the cage. <laughs> um and our thing was, I wondered if these were pre-recorded, but you, I don't think they could have been because a lot uh, of a lot of the stuff that's you know like how the wrestlers look and all that would mm-hmm. suggest that there's not pre pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, we go to Mean Gene with the boss man. I've got zero notes on that one. Um, I don't know if there's anything on note. Uh, boss man talks about he's gonna be the ref. Justice will prevail. Stuff like that. Yeah. He's the ref for Bad News Brown versus Jake. Jake, yeah. Which you expect them to become. But then we go to the locker room with Sean Mooney. He and I mean, this needs to be seen to be believed. We've got uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan with his new friend. The stuff Sean Mooney says here is insane. It's like he's reporting for the front line. Yeah. As tensions rise in the Middle East and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like I get, I get why he's saying it, but the words that he's saying are really weird. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming because you know we're we're going to end up the next WrestleMania is seven, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I've got memories of the Rumble and the build up to that is Slaughter winning the title um, mm-hmm. from Warrior, um, and they have a they have a, it's this show they have a Slaughter segment on later on, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I, this is it's this stuff by Sean Mooney is where it all started to come together in my mind about like where 
in the world who currently are in terms of tensions and where things are about to go. Um, so it helped me from that point of view. But yeah, he's, it's, it's a funny role he took on for for that segment in particular. So we've got Duggan and, and Nikolai Volkov. Volkov and Duggan have um, put their difference, their, their country's differences aside and have become some sort of tag team. Uh, we'll jump to Mean Gene with Dino Bravo, Earthquake and Jimmy Hart. And I think Earthquake needs a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> because he can't stand still. He's like a big baby bouncing up and yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. He's not a good promo at all. Just like, yeah. I didn't get this thing of people having managers, but then letting them speak for themselves. That, that's the thing. He is clearly a massive, intimidating guy. Just have him be silent. Have Jimmy Hart be doing the chatting. You know, um, it seemed unnecessary. And it, it kind of, I don't know, when he speaks, he doesn't seem as intimidating as when he's not speaking. So <laughs> not at all. Don't have him speak. <sighs> then we've got Sean Mooney's with Jake Roberts. All of, you know, we get the Jake Roberts whisper. Uh, Damien is acting up. Oh, I didn't, I didn't he's like, like that. Tightening on his throat. Yeah, he's and, like, wrapping around his neck, and he's like <laughs> moving the tail aside to speak and stuff. Oh, I didn't like it. Like he's such a good promo, but that was kind of creeping me out. That was, it was. yeah, a bit, wee bit much. But he is so good. Like talked before about the way he does speak quietly, and he draws you in. He, he makes you listen to him mm-hmm. um and he he just comes you know some of it's like music lyrics and stuff like it just comes up with this stuff that just sounds so like kind of menacing um, yeah yeah love it so we go to the ring and you might think oh brilliant but unfortunately it's to jake roberts versus bad news brown with, with boss man <laughs> as the ref um not a hundred percent sure of the backstory here there seems to be some sort of sewer rat versus snake thing going on yeah bad news brown notorious for having relationship with what did they say like 200 pounds worth of brooklyn sewer rats or something yeah i don't know i don't know where they were going with this um it just seemed to be a you've got something that you know is your animal pal so (laughs) have i and they're kind of both unusual uh, pets. Um, this this was weird. The, mm, I don't yeah. know where Bossman fits in here either. No. I seem to recall Bossman and Bad News Brown having some sort of some sort of rivalry. Don't know yeah, I think they end up having a match at some point. Right. Um, interesting that Bad News Brown's finisher is the Ghetto Blaster. I thought that was um, in, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, questionable officiating here for the Bossman. We've got Bad News yeah. Brown hitting Jake with a chair and doesn't even disqualify him. Yeah. You, know, you can't go about telling people they're going to be serving hard time and then not even disqualify them for hitting people with chairs. Yeah. I mean, I think, he, does he eventually disqualify him for that? It takes like a, at least a second attempt. Um, yes. Yeah, and then he, he gets a bit in boss man's face and then boss man's away out to check on Jake, who's outside the ring. And uh, Bad News Brown takes the snake bag into the middle of the ring. He's going to go for a, a leg drop on the snake. 
that that didn't work for Hogan brother and it's not going to work for his pal boss man. He, he pulls that bag out of the way. <laughs> Brown hits the mat. Um, Brown kind of begs off the confrontation uh, with boss man, but then tries to attack him from behind. But Jake's now recovered enough to come in, get the snake out of the bag and kind of put it on Bad News Brown. Um, yeah, I don't like that. Damien is a big snake. <laughs> He's absolutely massive. I, I hate that thing of like putting the snake on him. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, obviously, it's putting a snake on him, and it just <laughs> seems wrong. Like, yeah, here's my dog. Like, just throwing your dog on somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Question about trying to leg drop a, a bag with a snake in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you're just wearing pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure um, there's going to be any winners in that situation. No. Um, and apparently that is Bad News Brown done with WWF. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. And um, they were supposed to do like a house. We've spoke before, like your pay-per-views essentially sold the house shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the intention was to to go around the sort of house circuit doing Roberts versus Bad News Brown, but he, he leaves to go okay. possibly Japan. They put Akim in instead of Bad News Brown, but they still do a Brooklyn, they do like Brooklyn street fights with Akeem versus Jake Roberts. Uh, Yeah, that just seems a bit messy. African dream. Yeah. Uh, Here we are backstage. Thank God we're backstage again. It's Mean Gene and the Demolition have reapplied their face paint. Got to respect that. (laughs) You have. Maybe that's what they were doing. They just didn't. They didn't want Sean Mooney seeing them without their face yeah, on. That'd be it. That makes sense. Uh, they cut a really good promo here. I really liked it. They're just angry and they want a piece of LOD. But there's there's a great moment where they're they're like criticizing the Hearts for cheating because of the numbers game. But ah, I, I love like that. as a heel, that's just brilliant because that that is the only way they're seeing this that that was unfair. And yeah, I love that. That is what is really good about this promo. I absolutely love that. Uh, Brother Love Show with Drill Sergeant Slaughter. Why are they referring to him as Drill Sergeant? Yeah, I I don't know. I see. As a kid, I properly hated Brother Love. Like I didn't, I didn't get it because you know it's these. It's a sort of mocking of these. What do they call them? Like an like an evangelist. Yeah, yeah. I certainly wasn't really aware of when when I would have been watching that stuff as a as a youngster. I think it was quite an American thing, certainly at the time. Um, but regardless of understand or not understand, this character infuriated me as a kid. Amazing. Like the way he spoke and everything. Now, that's the idea, and I get it. Like looking back now, I totally get it. I, I bought it as a kid by hating it, but um, I, it was the like I could cope with all sorts of other interviewers and segments and things like that, but any time Brother Love came on, I was just angry. I was angry at his existence. Wow, is he on the list? So, sorry, Bruce. Uh, nah, not now. Yeah. Not now. Maybe. Okay. But if I, if I'd had a list as a kid, I think he might have been. You, that would have been quite sinister, childlike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. That would have been a worry. Yeah. I now see where 1998 Shawn Michaels got his inspiration for his promos. It was from Sergeant Slaughter, obviously. 
the crowd are no into this. I think he's supposed he is supposed to be cutting like a anti American yeah um promo, but it just completely bombs because of the way that he's puke. Yeah, I was I was assuming this is maybe quite early in the sort of transition because he's he's not going full throttle. You know, he's he's talking about how America's become soft and weak. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he talks about the fact that um he calls America too chicken to declare war and stuff like that. And he does praise Saddam Hussein. I'm watching thinking is this just the start of his or the early stages of his where he's going? Um, and obviously, they, they're going to end up with the the real American Hulk Hogan against the turncoat Slaughter. But I started thinking about he was basically Sergeant Slaughter had like this deal with G.I. Joe and all that, um, like a, a tie in. Did he do the voice for the cartoon and stuff ah, like that? Right, okay. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think there was an action figure tie in as well and all that. Um, and I was thinking, oh, I wonder how, how like that that looks to an American audience. He's he he has been GI Joe in their yeah. eyes, and then he's the one. That, I, I mean, from a creative storytelling point of view, it's really clever. It's it's mm. it's the exact right thing to do. But then I don't know where we are in terms. I don't think well, war hasn't been declared here. But I wonder if you get really nervous as like a booking team when you think this is how we're <laughs> going to go and we'll do this. And then they're like. <laughs> Ah shit! It, it is actually <laughs> a war now. Um, should we pull the plug on this? As <sighs> like, guys, pretty controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Philadelphia crowd are are not having it anyway. No. It stinks and all this bullshit with giving brother love a medal and all that. Yeah. Bruce is acting like a little weasel. It's not good. Yeah. yeah. Um. We are backstage again with the Orient Express, Mr. Fuji. I kind of maybe started switching off round about here. I I have no notes there other than Sean Mooney is with the Orient Express and Fuji. Do you have any uh, notes for the Orient Express versus Duggan and Volkov? I have something just before that. I've got Mean Jean thinks he has Sapphire, but she slams the door in his face. But Mean Jean still just seems really happy that she's safe. He he seems he seems pleased about that. I've got I've got a few notes for Hacksaw and Volkov, but not an awful lot. Um, they they sing "God Bless America." Oh my God! So they do. Which I've written was fucking awful. Um, if they did that now, they'd get they'd be heels. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, synchronize atomic drops and kick the Orient Express out of the ring. Fans are chanting USA. Um, Volkov goes to slam an Orient Express member, but uh, <laughs> the other one comes off the top with a, a chop. Apologies, I've not differentiated between them. Uh, Fuji with a cane shot from the outside. Look how tanned Duggan is. He would mm-hmm. have made a great WCW champion. Oh um, dear. <laughs> uh, Volkov gets the hot tag to Duggan who uh, dominates even when the Orient Express try to double-team him. All four men in the ring. Volkov and Duggan throw the Orient Express into each other. Duggan with a running clothesline and uh, a comedy jump onto his opponent for a pin win. Satisfying. Four stars. 
Meltzer gave that one. Um, how long did that go? Three minutes, 22. Uh, and unbelievably, we go two minutes in the next match. It was a match I was looking forward to. Anyway. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hey, next I match. St- or oh, no, sorry, we've got Dusty again. So what were you going to say? Uh, no, I'll get to it because it's more about the match. I'll get to it. Okay. Um, Dusty uh, backstage again with Mean Gene. He says he needs Sapphire in his corner. Did he really it's... speak like that in real life, or is that a character? I think that must be character. It's too. It's turned up too much to to be close to real life. Mean Gene is still like hanging out outside the room Sapphire's in. He says he's not leaving, and that just seems like pretty serious harassment, to be honest. It does. <laughs> this is a man who has got questionable behaviour. In and out of the ring, <laughs> Mean Gene. We've seen what he did to Di Malenko. We have. Yeah. We've seen him on college campuses behaving in an <laughs> inappropriate manner with children. <laughs> Young people half his age. You made it so much worse. I did. <laughs> Sorry to the estate of Mean Gene Oakland. Apologize. Did not mean that. Hey, so let's go to. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes versus the Macho King, Randy Savage. In between that, we get Sean Mooney trying to balance on Macho King's what is that that he's on? The thing that they carry him on, throwing. Yeah, thing. I'm not sure what you would call that actually. Thing, yeah. Um, less than entertaining. So, match is about to get going. Savage's outfit or he's, he's the stuff he's wearing for this match is classic Savage, and yeah. he looks awesome. Um. We get almost immediately as the match is about to start, we get DiBiase interrupting. And we knew all along that Sapphire, Dusty saying she's got a new Cadillac and new diamond ring and all that sort of stuff. So we knew what was happening here. <laughs> but DiBiase interrupts on the mic and he, he asks the crowd to feast their eyes on his latest purchase. Oh. And he is referring to a person, despite yeah. what uh, Sensational Sherry might have said. He is referring to Sweet Sapphire and poor Dusty. Yeah, I did have in my notes, Dusty t- DiBiase tells Dusty to look at his latest purchase. It's Sweet Sapphire. Yes, he has bought a person. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't sure how else to go about wording that, so I can just leave it at that. Um, my my favourite thing about this is that she's carrying a bag full of money and it's yeah, like a WWF bag. Just a sports bag, basically. <laughs> like the bag and train spotting that they take to London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor, poor Dusty, I thought, did a good job of looking absolutely crestfallen. He did. <sighs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd started, I think I messaged you about this, I'd started to remember in the earlier part of the show, what happened in this match. And I have no idea why this is the match that stood out. And it's a shame because when I thought that this was on the card, I thought this will be class. This will be a mm-hmm. Savage and Good Dusty. Match. Heel Savage yeah. and Dusty. Brilliant. This is going to be amazing. And then I started to remember, oh, it's not It's not even a match. There's basically no match. And I, I just became disappointed. There's, there's still things about it that I like. I, I thought the whole presentation of Savage coming down was amazing. 
Like him being carried on that throne, it it just it sells everything that this eel character is supposed to be, <laughs> and he's playing it brilliantly. I, I love this, and but again, how good would it have been to just see them have a proper match? Would have been great. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. This leads me to think. You know how this whole Cody Rhodes story is like. Or his whole career is like I'm going to win the one that my my dad never got a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Was Dusty ever high enough up the card? Nah, I don't remember him being positioned at that level. Obviously, Savage is a big star, and I believe they had a lot of matches around the house shows and all that, and and for quite a long time, quite a long period of time. So he is in there against a big star, but I don't ever remember him being really close to the title mix when he was in WWE. Nah. Yeah, it's not like it, it... It's not as like the forever a bridesmaid type story that they no. lead you yeah. to, to th- it doesn't seem like that anyway yeah um savage despite all this still needs sherry's purse um mm-hmm. to get the job done dusty ends up getting smashed in the head with it and and savage gets the win cheap win yeah yeah i guess they go into a, a dusty Debiase feud, do they? Yeah, I think they must do from here. I assume maybe opposing teams at the Survivor Series after this. Um, But yeah, I'm not sure where, because Savage is going to end up in the um, does he end up in the title picture? He does. Uh, With Warrior. They they do the the career match, don't they? They do the career match at Mania, yeah. I think he is he maybe he's the one that costs Warrior the title at the Rumble. That's what happened. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And then they uh, they go and have the career match at, at Mania. God, do you know a, a slaughter v Warrior match sounds like torture? Well, next show I've picked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so um, we are backstage again with one um, Min Jean. Um, and he is with Big Boss Man, tweaking out of his mind for some reason. And uh, Hulk Hogan, Hogan dedicates the match to the Tugster, and that is questionable. <laughs> he, could... he also says, "Let me let me tell you something." Earthquake. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no, that's not groundbreaking. Do you remember the the t- uh, say your prayers? Take your vitamins. Do you remember them called it being them being called the demandments? I, yeah, I definitely heard that before. Because um, I think did he maybe? I think they knew they couldn't say commandments because that was going to offend people. So right. I think they were trying to have him come up with his own thing. But then he's he's been quite forceful with what he's insisting on calling the demandments. Yep, he is. That's not going to number five. That's not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> Never drop the title to anyone smaller than you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't think we've got anyone else before the match. So so we're getting a Hogan earthquake, will we? Yeah, go for it. This is essentially the main event. I'm sure we'll talk about the whole thing around that. But um, the pop for Hogan is unbelievable. It is like there's so many instances where I like I loved him as a kid. I look back and think he's a dick, but he was so over. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's undeniable. It really is. 
uh, I quite enjoyed this match. I have to confess that I there's, genuinely quite enjoyed it. There's a moment because uh, so when they when they're coming out, I used to love this when Earthquake did, did it. He comes out first. He's the heel. See when he used to flex his muscles, and absolutely nothing would change in the look of his arms. <laughs> I, I love that. Arms. <laughs> <laughs> love that bit. Um, Boss man gets the good reaction coming out mm-hmm. as well. Um, obviously, he's now instantly affiliated with with Hogan. Um, and yeah, but the the react the reaction Hogan got, it's the kind of thing that Austin was getting. It's that mm-hmm. kind of pop. Um, and there there are definitely not many people that have ever had that. He's so good at it. Like he just sort of stands up the top there and, and takes mm-hmm. it all in, hands on the hips and all that. It's, it's class. Yeah. It's a funny match. I wonder how long it went. Another abuse of the rules for the boss man. Well in this match. There was actually quite a lot of heel behaviour by Hogan in ring. Yep. Um I was yeah, he, he kept going back to the high rakes. Uh, he did it about three times. Um, so obviously, they, they sort of tell the story at the start of Earthquake having the power advantage. He outweighs Hogan. I think they maybe mention on commentary that Hogan had intentionally slimmed down, um, knowing that he couldn't compete in size with Earthquake. Um, but yeah, there's 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 a few instances. <laughs> I've I've got some some quite big earthquake sympathy in the way I've written some of my notes. Yeah, I like it. Go on. Uh, Is it because they turned him into a shark in WCW just automatically? Maybe. I mean, I've, I've, I've got quite early. That heel bastard rakes the eyes of Quake. <laughs> um, Hogan tries to slam Quake, but he's simply not strong enough. Uh, Quake le- legally going after the back like any Bret Hart performance would pick a body part. Got uh, Hogan getting squashed, but gets his boot up, trying to knock Quake down a few times, but but he won't go down. What a man Earthquake is! Uh, Hogan knocks down the innocent Dino Bravo and Jimmy <laughs> Hart, who are just cheating on their man. Maybe I've, I've started to go a wee bit far. Uh, boss man illegally getting involved. Um, they throw in uh, Bravo and Quake uh, attack them. Do the, ref this, doing this double boot stuff to both of them, don't they? Yeah, ref doing nothing because he's a he's a Hogan mark. Um, Bravo and Quake slam Hogan, which he deserved. Uh, Quake drops an elbow, but it's a two. Apparently, I think that might have been a three. Dear Lord, <laughs> why is Quake going up to the top rope? Have you ever seen anything like it? Oh, Earthquake comes off the top with a clubbing blow to the back of Hogan. Like a cat off the top rope. Impressive. Uh, Earthquake locks in a Boston Crab. Yep. There's only one man trying to actually wrestle in this match. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've been a wee bit harsh here. Hogan takes the cheap way out by getting to the ropes. Um, Bravo. Imagine, imagine letting a man that size do a Boston Crab on, on you. Uh-uh. And your reaction is to try and get up and slam him again. <laughs> Absolute uh, egomaniac, this man. Bravo slams Hogan on the outside. Um, Quake slams Hogan, goes for an elbow. Hogan moves. Another rake of the eyes by Hogan, goes for a slam. Quake falls on him. That was a two. Uh, bear hug by Quake. Um, illegal closed fist punches by Hogan to break it. Uh, Hogan goes for a flying body press. Quake catches him, slams him. Hold on. Hold, hold on. 
you've undersold that. Have you ever seen Hogan do a flying body press? I've not, and I've still never seen him execute one. <laughs> earthquake got the better of that. I think he almost hit his shins with it. Uh, he goes for a foot on the chest cover. There's Earthquake. He, he probably shouldn't have done that. Come That's on, John. Too. He starts the tremors. Um, earthquake. He, he hits the Earthquake. Um, and then I've got oh, Hogan's doing that thing. He's doing that. He's like spasming. It's like when you see Vince take a stunner. Um <laughs> Quake with a second earthquake. Hogan pushes him off this time. This is the big comeback coming now. Piper seems confused as to what's going on, even though he and I have both seen this a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hogan does his uh, hulking up routine. He gets the slam on uh, earthquake. Goes for the leg drop, but Dino Bravo is uh, on the apron. Um, boss man gets up on the other apron rather than walking round and pulling Bravo down. That that confused me a wee bit. Mm. Um, Jimmy Hart jumps into the ring to hit Hogan. That's that's not going to. Jimmy Hart looks like a very light man. Um, Hogan press slams Jimmy Hart, throws him into earthquake, send him to the mat. Uh, boss man takes out Bravo. I've got loads of notes for this. I must have been quite enjoying it, even if I was being a bit playful. Um, Earthquake drags Hogan outside. Hogan rakes the eyes. Earthquake holding Hogan. <laughs> I've got... Right, I'm just being a dick now. <laughs> Earthquake's holding Hogan's arms behind him. I assume to stop another eye rake from the heel. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Hart uh, gets a bit carried away, runs in, hits Hogan with the megaphone. Um, Hogan Classic moves. squeak. Hart hits, uh, hits Earthquake. Uh, Hogan slams Quake on a table that was just mysteriously set up on the outside. Hold um, on. The strongest table in the world. Oh, it didn't break, did it? It bounces off it. Yeah, that's right. That's that incredible. <laughs> and uh, yeah. that's uh, that's basically the finish. Hogan's going to win the match by count out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's 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 a few shenanigans with. Uh, with poor Earthquake in his back and a steel chair. Um, Bossman picked up the wrong chair, I think. Yeah. He so some stepladders or something. As, I think as Quake basically got Hogan up by the throat or something like that. Mm. And Bossman's in and hits Quake with a chair, but Quake won't, he won't let go. Um, and Bossman then has his nightstick. Um, so I think Quake has decided it's maybe time to, to call it a day. Um I do you think they out. came up with the boss man gimmick because they realised they could do that with that nightstick? Or do you think he just came up with that after they got the gimmick? It's an impressive spin that he does with it. it. I, <laughs> like, I can't imagine ever physically being able to do anything like that. Um, we've got... Uh, I don't know how Earl Hebner's shirt got so torn. I don't have that in my notes, but it's basically torn almost off him. Um Seen this a few times. I definitely remember seeing this with The Rock, where Hogan's going to leave, but Bossman brings him back in, oh. gets him to the uh, people what they want. Yeah, do the posing. He seems to also. What I took issue with this. Hogan starts indicating that Earthquake's a chicken. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a chair, there's been a nightstick. What, what, what does he want? What's he expect? Yeah. Um, so yeah, two on one action. Hogan then poses for, for quite a while and the, the fans are in it. The fans are, are there for it. 
they're enjoying themselves. I would like to poll everybody that was at this event and ask and to find out how many left after this match. Uh, yeah. I bet you would find that hmm, 10% of the people that were there left after this match. I reckon as well, you know, you know, these days when you've got your, your next match, your main event being a cage match, these days they have it constructed and they can lower it from from the yep. ceiling. Whereas here, there's also <laughs> going to be quite a wait for the 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 steel cage to actually be built on the ring. Uh, yeah, I think I would have probably left. <laughs> uh, yeah, a relatively half decent event or um yeah spectacle uh, it, it was entertaining to... and it didn't kill earthquake i mean you would no. really believe you know in another match between the two he could win that match so uh, yeah that that stuff where i'm holding hogan up by the neck while boss man's railing on with that giant mm-hmm. thing like sold him as a, a monster yeah um sean mooney with a challenger rick rude backstage a uh, good promo and yep. he looks unreal. Yeah. Uh, that's all I've got. <laughs> all um, I can see is Henry Cavill. Go on. I think they kind of reference he's been in steel cage matches before and Warrior okay. hasn't. Um, and he then kind of, I don't know if this is maybe for the benefit of an audience that haven't seen much in a steel cage previously. Just sort of, he, he does actually quite a good job of telling the story about how the match works, um, which I, I thought would help for for people who hadn't seen it before. Okay, nice. Um, then we got Mean Gene with Dust. And, you know, like people talk about Dusty Rhodes and they talk about promos and they talk about the Hard Times promo. Why does nobody talk about the Emotion promo and the when you're going to do-do-do? Big dust. When are you gonna do this, big dust? When are you gonna do this, big dust? <laughs> How good is this promo? Oh, I, I did get a little bit um confused when he talked about offering up his innocence to ah, Sapphire. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've I've got written here, when are you gonna have a shower, big dust? He's only I, in a two-minute match. He's sweating like yeah. Uh, I, I wonder Shane if he's, McMahon. he's maybe a guy that delivered like ten thousand promos, and there's some of them are absolute gold, and some of them are maybe not stinkers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then we're back with Hogan. Um, he goes on about weird stuff. Um, all about like the history of America and all this sort of bizarre stuff. Absolutely yeah. zero mention of the Tugster. <laughs> Are they in, is it, it's referenced a few times that Philadelphia they're in, I think there's a lot uh, of historical uh, references that are made through it. He also seems to have got in my notes that he, he likes motorbikes. Um, oh, there was some in. Oh, imagine Eddie Bischoff sitting watching that. Like, <laughs> hmm. I've got a plan. It's going to be a long term plan. Terry. <laughs> <sighs> and this is where he brings up there's a new demandment and that is mm. cheat to win or something like that I can't remember yeah, exactly yeah, it must have been that yeah. uh, we then jump again and we get a, a pan in of the earthquakes back mm. and what a mess the boss man's made of it 
big quakes angry. Uh, Dino Bravo's really hyped, like really hyped up here. Um, I I have definitely started to have enough, more than enough of promos and backstage. I've I've got got in my notes, I get it that they're assembling the cage, but fuck me, this show has not been well constructed. (sighs) See what you did there, that's good wordplay. Yeah. I like that. Um, and just when you think you've had enough of promos, I've got, oh, Jesus, here's the warrior with Okerland. What's the joke? He tells a joke at the start of it. I've not written it down. What's So, so I've not written it down. I think he says something like, what have the Liberty Bell and Bobby Heenan and Rick Rude got in common? One's cracked and the other's a ding-dong. Oh, God. <laughs> And Mean Gene's like, ha, 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 laughing, and then, <laughs> and then Warrior just immediately stops laughing, and Gene's like, I, I quite like that. But, and then he starts, and he's hardly got any face paint on, which I thought was weird. Yeah. It, that, totally that looked, different from like WrestleMania 6. Look. Mm-hmm. That looked strange. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's Gary Von Eric. Maybe. Maybe. He does say something about when the warrior goes back up into the clouds. Mm. With his, he does not say that. Um, then we go to Lord Alfred Hayes, and he tells us some riveting information about them constructing the cage, like you said, and he's talking about them doing it in record time and all this. Oh God, they, they can't have. They... The the only reason that I mention this is because when Warrior comes out, he fucking climbs up it and starts shaking it like a mentalist. It looks like the thing's going to fall apart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was proper laughing at that. Um, I was quite scunnered by this. I was quite looking forward to this match. I seem to remember there being like an epic Warrior rude match. Mm. I think it's 89 SummerSlam. Really looking forward to this. And I just thought it was shit. Yeah. I think I think my favourite thing about it, I love the Rick Rude entrance. He's looking super serious, like like I would want somebody who's about to fight in a cage for a title to look, but he still does his promo running down the crowd and I knew it was coming because I had memories of him saying it and I knew we were in Pennsylvania and he calls them Pennsylvania pissants and I love that. <laughs> now hit the music. Yes. <laughs> The sexiest music of all time. Yeah, I think that was my favourite thing about the match. <laughs> what? See when Rude came off the top of the cage and just landed on his feet. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, that looked I'd... like you could do yourself a pretty serious injury there. I mean, if Sid tried that, well, <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be in danger. Yeah. He did it a couple of times as well. Mm-hmm. The first time was a bit of a Tatanka chop type thing, but yeah. the second time he completely missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, how did it finish? Does Warrior pin him or did he just get out um, So I've got uh, Warrior's doing his hulking up, clotheslines, press slams. Warrior climbs over the top. Rude is on his feet, but he's like punching thin air. Um, Warrior does a hip thrust before dropping to the floor. That's right, that's game. weird. Yeah. Don't be this like crazy character and then do stupid stuff like that. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, in 1990, I'm sure eight-year-old me was, like, eating up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was quite into Warrior as a young kid, but almost as soon as I understood anything about wrestling, that kind of faded away. <sighs> Something I took away with this is Rude would work 
in any era, like Rude would work now. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, um, I think he, he was relatively young when he had to stop wrestling. I think mm-hmm. um, had to claim his insurance policy and all that, and then hung around the major promotions, but couldn't couldn't work. He was in DX for a little bit. I remember he was. Aye, think, did he leave after DX. Brett got screwed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he, I think he went to WCW ninety one. Mm-hmm. I think he left quite soon after this. Um, I don't think I think he basically sat out his contract. It's a shame. I, I'd quite yeah. like to look at his career because I don't, you know, as a kid, I, I think I quite liked him. It's a bit weird, eh? Mm-hmm. Like that, an eight year old kid liking a, a like a hip gyrating, yeah, man. He, he he had something though. There was always something about him. Um, yeah, yeah, and I know he ended up being like a kind of second to Mister Perfect uh, in WCW and the or mm-hmm. Kurt Henning in the the sort of later run when I think they were affiliated with the NWO. So he was he was around a long time, but yeah, it's a shame he couldn't be in ring for for a lot of that. Aye, hundred percent. So that was us. That was SummerSlam nineteen ninety. Um, a mixed bag. Yeah, that I... mixed bag being like fifty percent promos and fifty yeah. percent. I quite enjoy, like I, I I did enjoy Hogan Earthquake, even though I was being a bit playful with some of it. I enjoyed the Hearts and Demolition; that was good fun. Yeah. It was it wasn't a bad show. It's just I do wonder about the structure of it. And I get your champion goes on last, and I would probably always argue that your champion should go on last, but I think that's mm-hmm. probably really difficult in an era with that Hogan, because you hear the crowd reaction he got, and well, Warrior just... got an okay crowd reaction, but it's just not at the same level. Aye, crowd would yeah, crowd would have been exhausted mm-hmm. after that. They'd have been better putting on, like, Warlord versus Tito Santana after it or something like that, and let yeah, the crowd just cool them down come back down. Aye, yeah. says me, the booker of the year. <laughs> um, so that was that, that was good fun. Um, I thought it would have been a good idea just to go back a little bit to our childhood um, I, I think I almost did whatever the mania was with the blindfold match um, with, uh, with okay. that must have been around about the same era-ish maybe that yeah. was 7 or 8 yeah. um, anyway, there we are what you what you hitting us with for episode 5 right, just just stay with me here oh dear we're, we're, we're going to 1997 right and I know we've been in 97 a few times. Mm-hmm. There is a, one reason that I, I would like to do this show. But what I haven't yet done is look at the rest of the card. <laughs> so Can we go Montreal, no? No, no. Um, okay. I would like to go to Bad Blood in Your House, 1997. Okay. And I'll tell is you that... the, the match is right. Shawn Michaels against The Undertaker in a steel cage. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I've never seen that match before. Really? Uh. Okay. Okay. Um, I remember thinking it was amazing, and there's also something that happens during that match. Um, like, I know what happens, and I know, like, yeah, I, I know about Kane and all that, but I've never yeah. actually seen the match. Okay. So um, that's that's where we're going to go. I started to worry, like, is it a really short show because it's an in your house, but it's not. It's like two two forty or something like that. Oh, so really? It's, it's, yeah, because I remember they were for a while. Any anyway, in your houses were 
sort a, of two two hour effort. Yeah, um, but I can I can talk you through because I have just had a look at the the rest of the the card if you okay. want to know it. Yeah, yeah. So, Nation of Domination, Dilo, Kama, and Rocky Maivia are up against the Legion of Doom in a handicap match. Oh wow! Um, no hmm. Sunny. Oh no, she was she was nineteen eighty. She'd be yeah. Uh, Ma- Max Mini and Nova <laughs> defeated Mosiac and Tarantula. Hey, spoilers. Oh, sorry. Against. against. <laughs> um, we have a tag team title match. The Godwin Who's the champions there. The Headbangers. Wow. Yeah. The, the Godwins against the, the Headbangers. headbangers. Intercontinental title match. Owen Hart against Farouk. This is the final of a tournament for the Intercontinental Championship. Ah. So there's no champion. It's vacant at that point. Okay. Eight-man tag match. The, the Disciples of Apocalypse. We're going to get to see Crush again. Yes. Um, against Los Bariquas. Name all four Los Bariquas. I mean, I can see them in front of me. Oh. The names. So, okay. Yeah. Don't then. Yeah. <laughs> Sav- Savio Vega. That's one. Okay. Uh, a flag match: Bret Hart and the British Bulldog against the Patriot and Vader. Wow, is the Patriot Hogan? No, no. Um, the other guy. Yeah, Dale, Dale Wilk. Yeah, and uh, Shawn Michaels against the Undertaker. Hell in a Cell for the world title. Brilliant. So there was there was one major reason I wanted to to do this, and it was the the title match in the in the cage because I, I I remember watching it, I remember really enjoying it, but I can't now remember it very well other than the appearance of of Kane, the debut of Kane. Okay, that's got to be Kane. Do, would you watch this live? Not live, but you know what I mean. Yeah, time. I think so. I think so. Yeah, uh, I think I was back in in ninety seven. I probably was a bit out of things for maybe ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. I think. When in eighty seven was this? Uh, towards the end, uh, October. Just, yeah, just noticing there's no Austin on it. Yeah, um, I wonder if that's after Owen broke his neck. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Or was that ninety six? No, ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sounds good. That sounds good. I mean, it's one of the things where you. I don't know. You've seen seen that many times. Michael's fallen off the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, that you think, ah, do I really need to watch it? But yeah, yeah that'd be good. Good to watch. Is it a good match you're saying? I remember thinking it was really good. There's been so many because at the time there hadn't been that many Hell in a Cells. I don't think it might have even been the first it's where it's first. referred to. Yeah, as Hell in a Cell, and it's this slightly different cage. And I remember being really impressed uh, when I awesome. saw it. But there's been so many since. I'd, I'm curious to see if it's still holds up as as well as it did awesome fantastic oh well Ooh. start thinking of your fan casting now for your yeah bad yeah movie. Uh, at this time i think as i'm going as i'm watching the matches and doing my notes i'm gonna i'm gonna try and do it at the time come up with some ideas i'm gonna get in there very early and see sergeant slaughter as china that's that's unfair. Sergeant Slaughter's not got that big a chin. <laughs> wow. 
Awesome. Well, we shall discuss that in two weeks' time. Cool. I look forward to that. Um, until next time, uh, unplug your phone the next time we record it. Eh? <laughs> yep, my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah, I will. We sh- or there shall be some bad blood between us. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to leave you on your own. You know, it was. Uh, that must have been. I was trying to imagine if I would try to keep things going if you went off. But yeah, it, when it, it's the landline and knowing that I have a, a, a slight COVID issue with my dad, I thought I better check. But he's all fine. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. It's the only yeah. person that rings the landline. It's the only person that knows the <laughs> like number of the landline. <laughs> right. We shall speak in two weeks. You take yep. it easy. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.